Hi, everyone. Welcome to the ImpactVest podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. I'm Aisha Williams, the founder and CEO of ImpactVest. And along with our guest host, we aim to inspire and motivate towards collective positive global impact to solve our world's most pressing challenges in sustainability. With each episode, we will engage in insightful conversations with global change makers, visionaries, and sustainability activists who wish to build a more sustainable and resilient future. Join us now as we create the future of impact. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Today, I am with a very inspiring Chief Growth Officer, Salma Sakir. Welcome, Salma, to our podcast. Thank you for that introduction. Nice to be here, Aisha. Yes, it's really nice to have you on our podcast. So can you tell us a bit about Roology and uh, your vision for the company and what you focus on? That's a great question. And uh, so, I mean, for everyone listening, basically, Rology was created to bridge a, a massive gap that exists. So today, two thirds of the entire world's population lack proper access to medical imaging and radiology. And one of the key factors driving that is that there's no radiologists available. It's a massive shortage of radiologists. So even if the scan is done, there's there's not enough people to read it, to deliver a report for you to really understand what's going on with you as a patient, right? Um, and what does that actually mean? It ends up meaning that a lot of, there's ma- massive delays in reporting time, diagnosis, and ultimately treatment. And in many cases, it's a matter of life or death, right? If it's a serious kind of health condition. So really, Rology was created to bridge that gap, to really help ensure that we could revolutionize healthcare access by connecting the radiologists with the hospitals, the scan centers, big and small. So our platform, it's a very simple one. We basically have a network of radiologists that we've gathered together, and they work with all the hospitals and clinics in our roster. And it's it's actually so simple, people laugh. They're like, it can't be that simple. I, say, I promise you it's that simple. The hospital, once they've installed our system, which takes a mere minutes, they upload the scan onto our platform, And within a few hours, the report is done because we have an algorithm that matches that scan with the best radiologists available. Obviously, there's a lot of subspecialities, et cetera. And then they write the report and it's sent back. And when I explain that to people, they're like, no, but there must be more to it. I said, there's obviously a lot behind the scenes, but it's actually that simple. And I think uh, our kind of slogan at Rology is we save lives. Because we really feel like that we bridged a gap that really still exists in so many places today. And we're growing to help address that. Um, And now I think we're over 670,000 lives saved. We have a counter in our office, actually. uh, Which which we we look at. Yeah. And we we have it on our website, too. It's it's kind of a good reminder for the team why we're doing this. So I get very excited. So I'm sorry for the long-winded answer. (laughs) No, it's great. And and that's... So inspiring because when we think about the gaps in medical practices, I mean, kind of the time that it may take a doctor to look at a scan, and if you can reduce that time, it could save someone's life, and and exactly. that's what you're working on, right? And exactly, and it's 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 those very simple concepts that I think an impact we look over, but that we should focus on more often because. It, If we just bridge the gap, we shorten the time, and then that frees up a doctor's time to see more patients, to look at more scans. And help more people. I think you said something very important. It's often the most simple things 
that we tend to overlook. I remember when I joined Rology uh, a little over a year ago, and I was speaking to our CEO, and he's like, you know, when we we came up, him and the co-founders came up with this idea, they're like, how does, there's not something that exists like this, right? How is that even possible? Um, but it often is the most simple things that are overlooked that it can ultimately have the biggest impact. Right. Yeah. And you also have a background at uh, very large companies, and then you actually pivoted into startups. So how was that transition for you? It's a, it's a, it's an interesting story. So I spent over 10 years, like my formative years, right? I won't say how old I am, but my formative years in FMCG. So working on um, mainly in Procter & Gamble uh, on actually laundry detergent. And um, I have to say, I learned a lot. I, I really credit so much of the expertise I have to the time I spent there. I think for many people, they know that Procter & Gamble is like a school. It's a brand building school. So I learned so many um, core brand building um, skills, obviously um, having the ability to live around the world um, from Egypt to Switzerland, um, working on global roles. I think that was, it gave me such a great base. Um, what's interesting is that ultimately um, I had our, we had our first child and I, I went back to Procter & Gamble for a little bit, but then kind of life circumstances ended. We ended up moving to the U.S., and then we moved around a little bit and I was kind of looking for something a bit different, um, not to take away from the incredible experience I had at PNG, but I wanted to wake up every day with a slightly different sense of purpose, right? Uh, and I know we use the word impact a lot, which is obviously appropriate on this podcast, but really to wake up and, you know, turn around to my, my daughter, if I'm going to take time away from my family, am I doing it for something really meaningful? And obviously the flexibility of startups, et cetera, played a big role there. So I pivoted into mental health care for a few years, a company out of Asia. And then the Rology team reached out to me last year. And when they explained the concept to me, I'd never heard of this before, right? I mean, I, I went from laundry detergent to mental health care. So the healthcare space is such a vast one that this was really kind of out of my comfort zone, which I think is one of the reasons I was so interested to join. And um, the team seemed so fantastic and so dedicated to the mission and I, I you know the from the day I joined and every day since I've learned so much and it's really broadened my horizons in 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 great ways and I know the impact we're making but it also really opened my eyes to the struggles that so many are facing in the region and beyond um so that's been a it's a tough it's kind of a tough thing to swallow right but but then I wake up thinking you know what I'm part of a team I'm part of an organization that is helping tackle this major issue so that's my career shift in a nutshell. Yeah. And when we can wake up and wake up with a vision and a mission for what we want to accomplish, it makes such a difference. I think it keeps Absolutely. us going every single day because we see all of the challenges that face us in the world. And if we can work in a business that we can see the outcomes and, and we can see people's lives affected positively, I think that that makes all the difference. And so when you saw these gaps in terms of looking at scans and being able to reduce doctors' times reading the scans, were there other gaps that you see within the medical field that you have on the horizon that you and the team are possibly looking at about building solutions for? I think it's a great question. I think even within this specific space, we're working on a lot of things in terms of early detection through our AI. We have such a huge amount of data as a company, and we're using that to build our algorithms for early detection of you know, lung cancer nodules and beyond that. So I think even within this space, there's so much 
untapped potential. And really every day we're trying to see how else we can help in more places, even before we expand our, let's say our product portfolio, really in more places. So I'll give you a few examples, right? Our our key market, our our beachhead is really Egypt, but we have an office in Kenya and an office in Saudi Arabia and each have very unique challenges. You know, in Kenya, you have the proliferation of mobile clinics that like to, you know, reach more remote areas. And we created a mobile app that can be used by anyone, but is especially useful for those kind of, um, you know, healthcare facilities, if you will. And I think there's a big pipeline of um, AI development and innovation that's coming. Um, and I think we're constantly seeing how else we can make things more efficient for our doctors, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's automated things in our system. The matchmaking thing was a massive, massive thing because before, you know, when you started, you're kind of manually connecting this person with this scan. So it was such an art, like labor intensive task. It took away from the objective of I'm trying to speed things up. And there's a, and I think quality control is a big thing that is often overlooked. It doesn't sound as exciting, but we have a very rigorous and, and really one of a kind quality control system to ensure that you get the speed supported through AI without negatively impacting the quality. And really, I think at Rology, we really talk about, we have a three-pronged model we always talk about, and I could talk about this forever, but it's um, like decentralization, platformization, and democratization. And I, we can touch on each of these you know, as we go through, but it's really the idea of, for democratization, as the name implies, making sure there's equal access to all. Uh, decentralization, I think, you know, especially in the region, it's so centralized healthcare, right? So if you're not in a cosmopolitan city at a massive hospital, there's a risk, right? That you're not going to get the healthcare that you need or that the healthcare facility that you're trying to run doesn't get the support you need. And then platformization, really the fact that within mere minutes, you can integrate our system into a, into a hospital system and there's no startup costs. And I think that's a big thing that we saw is that a big barrier that the traditional solutions that people use are very, very expensive, prohibitively expensive. So the fact that we're in most cases a pay-as-you-go model also tackled another barrier. So kind of to sum up, I think there's still so much untapped potential in the space that we're in and even things in parallel, whether it's cost, access, or even just geographic presence, making sure we're in those places and packaged in a way that's appealing to the local clients and the local consumer. Right. And I think AI opens up numerous opportunities and you see it now, even with the different spaces that you're in. And we're just at the beginning of what we could all do in many different sectors with AI. And you touched on the differences in regions. Can you go a little bit deeper into that and the challenges that healthcare continues to face across regions, maybe the similarities that you see, no matter kind of what city, what region you go into, um, because it's such an important space. And when we just had the pandemic and, and there are numerous healthcare challenges that we're facing across the world. And uh, there are many innovations that still have to be built in this space. And what do you and your team see in terms of similarities across regions uh, that really still have to be tackled? I I think at the moment we exist in nine countries, right? And I mentioned the three countries that we have actual physical presence in, and each of them have their differences and have their similarities. So for example, if you look at um, Kenya, you have about 253 radiologists 
for a population of 55 million people. That's a huge gap, right? Saudi Arabia, you have about 3,200 radiologists for about 37 million people. So the gap is smaller, but the gap still exists. Whether it's overall the reporting, the entire workflow is taking too long because of lack of radiologists, or there's not enough subspecialities. So for example, we have a radiologist that cover all subspecialities, not just one. So I think that's a big thing that just the fact that there is a gap like that that exists, it does exist across all the countries that we operate in, but not necessarily to the same degree. And I think obviously accessibility in terms of digital accessibility for our system, it's very, very low infrastructure involved, but you just need an internet line. It sounds like such a basic thing, but in many parts of the Middle East and Africa, um, you find that that's a challenge. So we've had to work with local uh, hospitals and healthcare providers to support, let's say, their more limited infrastructure. So that's another thing that we've been working on. And, and I think what's great is that we're learning as we go, right? Because one country can have very unique challenges that are completely different from another. Uh, but the great thing is we're also able to transfer a lot of the learnings from one country to the next. So the internet and the gap in radiologists. And I think you you touched upon COVID. That really demonstrated the gap. And, and you saw a big growth in our business during that time because even the, the larger healthcare facilities that generally they have on staff, a few radiologists, they were inundated. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to face that again, right? We, I mean, we don't know what 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 the world what's going to come down the line. So they do want to be prepared. So I think there's this, um, and that's why Saudi Arabia, for example, people are like, oh, but it's it's much more developed than many of the other countries, which which is true. They have much more advanced uh, healthcare. Their hospitals are more, um, on average, let's say, better equipped. But the gap still exists. So I think that's really what COVID revealed, that even the best equipped hospitals, uh, the best equipped healthcare providers or, you know, unique uh, scan centers needed that extra help, needed that extra support to, to deal with that huge amount of demand for that. So I think that's really the approach and, you know, kind of how we choose where we kind of enter into is really dependent on a few things, right? Obviously, it's the market size and the potential. It's the need. Does the need exist there? And generally, we are the leading, I mean, we are the leading teleradiology player in the region. I think we are looking to expand beyond the region because we have a proof that our business model is working. It's very low touch. Uh, It requires very little infrastructure. So we are looking to go further outside the Middle East and Africa. That's really kind of the next step for us. Uh, whether it's in Southeast Asia or beyond. Yeah, so I think, I hope that tackled the question. (laughs) (laughs) I think the amount of data also that that you've been able to gather, uh, even if you probably look at the numbers pre and post pandemic, just to be able to do the comparison and then with the addition of AI and with the predictive models, I mean, the growth is is going to be really incredible for you and your team going forward to be able to expand into different regions. So, and I think that you touched upon this point, the data is key, right? Because it really feeds our algorithms because without that data, we won't have a continuous, uh, you know, innovation flow of algorithms. I think that's the first thing. I think what's also so unique is we're such a massive data source in this region, right? You know, a lot of uh, people have data from, the west whether it's north america beyond but we're one of the very few with such a large data bank let's call it here hundreds of millions of images right but i think i I do want to kind of highlight something that really 
privacy is key for us. Um, so as much as we do use that data to feed into the algorithm, so much of our data is like annotated and made sure that there's no non-identifiable information, just kind of the key elements, whether it's like the healthcare condition, the gender. Um, because for us, you know, even with our clients, with our healthcare providers, one of the pillars is patient privacy and confidentiality, because without that, you lose the trust. So as much as we do have that data, we also have a major responsibility to handle it with care, to make sure that at the core, that the patients are protected. Right. And I think that's one of the challenges in general with businesses who start to amass large amounts of data is how do you protect patient privacy, customer privacy? And with AI here, um, it, it is really up to the business. It's up to your ethics and, and how you approach being able to protect data um, while being able to build the models that you need to scale and grow, right? And so you mentioned uh, that's your next step is to scale into different regions. And what possibilities do you see on the horizon with all of our new technologies here in terms of AI and blockchain and the applications that are starting to happen across industries. And so you mentioned AI, but do you see any other technologies that'll supercharge uh, your business going forward? I think it's a great question. I think really at the core, it remains to be AI um, just because of that huge source of data that we have. But I think we're constantly open to looking at potential partnerships that would really scale up our business and increase the impact that we have. So we're very open. Uh, at the moment, really, I think just leverage, making sure that we have that innovation of AI is key and really making sure our platforms, like I said, the mobile app, it's really, we launched it in the last few months. It's really one of a kind. So even if it's, you're not taking a massive technology that exists in the market, even outside of the space, the fact that we have a mobile application that can be used by the most remote mobile clinic in a random village somewhere is, is a huge thing. Obviously, there's limitations to it in terms of um, the screen size and readability, but it's used for certain parts of the workflow. So I think really for us, the sky's the limit. We're constantly looking outside to see what inspiration we can get, what partnership we can forge to really make sure that we're constantly innovating. Because I think, you know, as a startup, and you work with so many startups, Aisha, right? That if you're not constantly innovating, you're falling behind. So it's a mantra that we, we definitely follow as a company. Yeah. And I'm just very inspired by all of the people that you're helping and and really making a difference because it's this gap in, in healthcare and just being able to assist doctors to, to be able to read scans faster and, and, and to be able to treat patients faster. And then like you spoke about your mobile app that I will look up and download. It sounds... Sounds great, um, but but to be able to reach those um, who don't have access, right? And it's and it's and it's really about being able um, to reach more people in uh, all countries that that really don't don't have access to maybe modern healthcare, but who still have the same health challenges as we all do, right? And exactly. and so I so I think that's the that's the part of your vision and mission that is so inspiring is, is that you're really aiming to help those who need access. Like we all have have that access um, in our countries here in um, Europe and North America, but what about those who, who don't? And, and that's, that's what you're really working on. Uh, that is so inspiring to us. 
Thank you. That's very kind. And I think, you know, the fact that we are opening offices in different places is demonstrates our commitment, right? Like for Kenya, it's like kind of the gateway to East Africa. We're going to explore West Africa as well. There, I think so many investors, so many startups say this, but really, I think as much as we are looking down the line um, in the midterm to to explore other regions, there's so much untapped potential in the region that we exist. So even if though we're in nine countries, it's just kind of a drop in the bucket from our perspective. And I think the they are very open to innovation in the region. You know, I, I've grown up in Egypt, but I've lived around the world and just seeing I left and came back 11 years later, just in my country alone. The startups that have just kind of exploded from different elements, right? Whether healthcare like ourselves or microfinancing, it's just incredible to see that innovation coming and, and not just innovation for the sake of innovation, but innovation with impact. So I'm very excited personally to, to see us grow even further in the region moving forward. Yes. And I am always excited to see the startup ecosystem in Egypt. It is flourishing. It is amazing to see all of the startups and and motivated entrepreneurs. I mean, the ideas coming out of the ecosystem there is incredible. So I encourage my colleagues here to um, yes. to check out the ecosystem there in Egypt uh, because it's it's it really leading the way forward. I think in the region. I agree, and I think you know the the fact that the three co-founders Amr and Moaz and Hamoud you know, just engaging with them and how they came up with this idea. You know, it's a homegrown brand that has not just regional, but global potential. So I think one of the appeals it had to me when they reached out to me was really the fact that it's started in my country and we're making an impact here, but it's it's it's, it's so, so quickly making an impact everywhere else. So it's a source of pride, uh, national pride for me as well. And you said it, I think you, there's so much coming out of Egypt. And uh, despite the economic turmoil we're going through at the moment, I think there's so many resilient companies like ours, uh, thankfully, that are able to to ride this, this, this let's say, painful wave and uh, come out of it, uh, hopefully on top. Yeah, yeah. And, and I have no doubt that you will come out on top and even stronger, right? Because, <laughs> because it's That's time for you. I think especially for startups that I do think if you have a strong vision and a strong mission that you'll see your way through, right? And so, so yeah, it is really inspiring to us here uh, what you and your team are working on, really saving lives and bridging the gap in terms of access. And this is what is needed if we're really speaking about true impact and real outcomes, which is what we focus on. When when we focus on driving capital, what are the real outcomes of this? And, and at the end of the day, we want to be able to help those who don't have access and to be able to improve livelihoods. And that's what you're doing. And so, um, yeah, so it's, 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 it's great what you and your team are doing. And I have no doubt that you'll lead the way here and come out even stronger. <laughs> I mean, I thank you for your kind words. And I think it's, you know, we've seen a, a few crisis, uh, crises unfold recently. And I think most recently, for example, what happened in Libya with the flooding, right? And we were watching these images unfold on the screen with, with horror. And I think what was so great that we really wanted to do something. And we were able, as a company, to integrate very quickly with some medical imaging providers on the ground. And we were helping in life-saving efforts. And that was a huge thing because I think, you know, when these crises unfold, obviously there's so many paths of support as an individual, right? You donate, you raise awareness, but the fact that we as a company could do that. And I think another thing that 
makes me very, very proud. And not just because I'm a woman, but because, you know, historically, right, women have had lesser access to quality care than their male counterparts. The fact that 42% of our total scans are female scans, whether it's like a, a normal, like run of the mill x-ray, a CT scan, or a very specific like mammography or a life-saving ultrasound. So, you know, it's like underserved communities in general, but like, especially those that whether it's times of crisis, whether it's gender barriers in the past, these things for us have been a huge deal and very, very low income users, for example. Like if you look at our numbers, 46, if I remember correctly, 46% of our scans are from mostly low income users. These are people that historically would have never been able to have that kind of care. But because our solution is so cost effective to the hospital, that trickles down to the end user. So really just just seeing that impact on the different underserved or underrepresented communities or unserved, by the way, and never before um, received healthcare of this sort, it has been something that we're very proud of and that we continue to push. We kind of like, it's not enough for us, right? We want to keep doing more as a company. Yeah. And the fact that you could just jump in and, and, and help, I think that's one of the things that in this startup world is not spoken about enough that startups are so flexible and so fast that in times of crisis, that, that is what you can do. You can jump in and provide the services that may have taken a lot longer in a larger company. I do believe it's going to be startups like yours who are able to jump in in times of crisis and provide the services that are needed. Like like you said, scans, especially for women. Those are the kind of services that women, I think, a- across the world in, in terms of access to health care um, that is very much lacking, I think, in all countries. And so the fact that uh, you're able to provide those scans and... If you are able to have a scan that is able to detect early stage cancer, for example, exactly. you can really save lives. And so that's it's it's such a great mission that you and your team have here. No, I mean, and I think you said something very important there, right? It's not just the Middle East and Africa issue, the women's issue, right? I mean, you you see some shocking statistics coming out of the U.S. as well, right? Um, you know. So, and, you know, I went to university in the U.S., I've lived in the U.S., and I was blessed with great health care, but I know that that was not necessarily the norm. Um, there is a gap there. And I think it goes back to my point that, what, yes, as we focus on growing in the region, there is that global potential, right, where we can really tackle a gap, and it's all relative, right? The gaps are, and they may look different, but they exist. Uh, right. So where there's a gap, that's where we want to be. Right. Yeah. And I do think, especially like in the States where we have privatized healthcare, the gap is there also. Right. And so, and so I think to be able to bridge the gap and to provide services to those who don't have access, there are many, many scaling opportunities on, on the horizon. I am very excited for your team. (laughs) Bridging the gap in healthcare is, is one of the main challenges, I think, globally that we have to be able to to tackle um because if we don't have our health then then we can't do anything else else. matters right and so we have to take care of our health and and this is what you and your team are are doing so i'm really excited i will i will stay track of updates on 
stuff here. We'll be in touch. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes. And uh, because it's, it's so exciting. So many opportunities on the horizon and so many people that, that you're helping and really making a difference every day. I mean, just thank you for, you know, bringing us into the fold, into your awesome ecosystem. And thank you for just giving us a platform to share our story. You know, even if this conversation can help, you know, one hospital, one person, you know, peak interest of someone else. It's been a pleasure talking to you, but that would be a lovely thing too. And uh, thank you for giving us the space and for believing in us as well. Yes. Thank you for the wonderful work that you're doing. And and we're happy to have you on again. I am, I am sure <laughs> that you'll be in all countries and have AI data incorporated into your company. And so I think the possibilities on the horizon are incredible. And so, so I'm really excited to, to see the future here and, and just, and to see all of the people that, that you're helping and to be able to bridge the gap and to really make a difference. Because like we say on our team all of the time, it, just takes many of us focusing on the future that we want to see. And if we all work together and we all kind of share our vision, because we're all working toward the same vision here. And so that's what we're focused on is how do we start to gather all of our missions together in one direction and say, well, we want to be able to see a better future for us, for our children, for our families. And so that's what we we want to be able to, to see and just build a brighter world for us all. And it really starts here it starts with our health it does um and you know if i can leave you know this world a bit better than how i came into it then you know i i know my job is done and i think it's it's not a one person thing it's not a one team thing you know our company really believes not just in our team but in in the partners that we have uh, whether they're healthcare providers equipment manufacturers because we know, I think, as you said, the healthcare ecosystem, it's kind of, it's very complex, right? And there's a lot of players, there's a lot of preconceived notions, there's a lot of incorrect beliefs or ingrained kind of approaches and attitudes that we've really had to slowly, slowly overcome for people to be open, especially when you have had traditionally very expensive solutions. When you come with this like very cost-effective and easy solution, they're like, but I know that sounds great, but what about this very expensive thing that, you know, I just spent all this money on and we took forever to integrate. So there is a lot of, it's a, it's a, it's a paradigm shift. It really is um, that we're trying to achieve. And I think the beauty of it is once people have worked with us, the proof is in the pudding, as you say. Um, so I think slowly, slowly we're starting to educate and just having this conversation with you, I think is going to be a great thing for us and being part of your ecosystem where I think there's so many synergies right across the different types of startups, which you may not have even thought of until we started talking about our missions and visions. Like, oh, wait, we could work together here. We could get inspired from people here. I mean, you never know where inspiration is going to strike next. So I'm very excited about what's to come for the company. I'm very excited to be part of your network. And I'm very excited to keep having conversations with you and your team. Yes. And that's what we aim to do here. We aim to build synergies, to speak to different companies, to find out how how we can all work towards the same vision and, and to build our ecosystem, because that's what we really think is needed here uh, to be able to change the paradigm, because that's what's needed. Like you said, Zama is a real paradigm shift in how to invest and how to build a business and how to help others how to even think of why why do we build businesses? Why do we invest? And so that's what we're focused on. But that's really starting to change the paradigm here. And so we've already built our synergy here, which is great. <laughs>
I love it. We're already thinking in the same direction. (laughs) We are. No surprise there. And I am so excited for what's to come. I think we've said the word excited many times, but there's a reason, right? There's a, there's, there's something, there's something amazing that's, that's, that's coming here. And uh, I'm excited to learn more about the other companies and, you know, continue sharing our story and uh, saving lives every day. Right. Yeah. So we are looking forward to it. Sama. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Uh, Very much looking forward to all that lies ahead for you and your team. And I'm sure you'll be back on our podcast to tell us all about the great scaling that you've done and the people that you've helped. So I'm looking forward to it. As am I. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Sama. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Impact Best podcast, transformative global innovation in a new era of impact. Join us next week for another episode and become part of our Impact Best newsletter community where you will receive all of the latest updates about our work in this new era of innovative impact finance. See you next week as we create the future of finance at Impact Best.